Hey friends, and welcome back to The Sandwich. I am super pumped about this particular episode because I have three amazing women sitting in my living room. We're surrounded by lights and you guys can see it on the video. Uh, And we're super excited to just kind of like pause and talk about something that's important to all of us. We're going to talk about friendships. But before I get into it, I'm going to introduce all of these amazing women. So let's do it. All right, I'm staring into Joanna's eyes. Hi, I'm staring into your eyes. Hi <laughs> <laughs> there, Amanda. That's it. I have Joanna from Nesting Story, who is a familiar face around here, especially if you follow these awesome Canadian women. But I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit about what you do mm-hmm. online. So what I do online is I started as a blogger after being an interior designer and have moved into the YouTube world, which has been super fun and creating videos. And so I tend to kind of straddle both worlds, blogging and YouTube. And I talk about my four kids, including twins, and how I, you can be a great mom, but you don't have to lose yourself, which I've done before, and then come back from it. So you can getting, and also taking back your body and your home and your identity and all that jazz. So that's kind of what I do, but I, we document improving our home and parenting and I'm moving more away from the little kid phase to more the lifestyle. And, and it's through my lens, it's life through my eyes. Well, especially as life moves on, yes. like our little ones, we both have four-year-olds yeah. that are starting school and it's like, you can't talk about all the baby things mm-hmm. all the time because you're yeah. not in it anymore. And it's I hard. feel like there was a chapter when I started blogging, when I, there was so much I wanted to say about twin pregnancy and mental health and having twins and tips. And I kind of said it all. And now is the new chapter where it's like, now I'm taking back my self-care and my home. So it's always exciting because it does, it can evolve with you and it is. So that's kind of where I am in that journey. Very nice. And you mentioned you have four kids. Did four you say kids. that? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I feel like we need to just A clarify. son and three daughters. Yeah. So nine-year-old son, seven-year-old uh, daughter, and then four-year-old twin girls. Woo! Yeah. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So thank you. And she is nesting story everywhere. And by the way, everyone, I'm going to have all of the links in the show notes so you can see and follow all of my favorite people here. Um, Vanessa, hi. Hi. How's it going? It's going great. Good. Thanks for having me here. This oh, is so exciting. Excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> so you are one half of an amazing duo, and then you also have your own little shtick that you're doing online. So tell me a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So I'm Vanessa from Vanessa and Melissa online. Um, and I also do my own stuff on the side, The Candid Mommy. Um, I started off in television. I actually went to film school and I always wanted to work in film and TV and production and met my partner, Melissa, at Rogers and we started a TV show. So we talked about all things from parenting, lifestyle, and then we evolved online. Like we started our channels online and really that took over. And we like to talk about everything that we're going through in, in life, parenting, marriage, um, now separation. Um, so we kind of share it all together as a duo. And then, like I said, I have my own stuff on the side, The Candid Mommy, where I like to share my journey, but with more of a humorous uh, tinge. Or You've side. got some acting well, chops. <laughs> like, I was like, damn, with your you know, parodies. Have, and To be honest, that's what I really love to do. That's kind of my true passion is making parodies and really like laughing your way through motherhood because I have laughed my way through most of my life mm-hmm. and I plan to continue to do so. <laughs> and, awesome. So, yeah. 
Alana, hi. Hi. So before Alana even gets into what she's going to say about herself, she just launched her own podcast. I did. Like today. Today. Which is so yes. exciting. Yes. So again, she's going to have her links below. But Alana, tell me a little bit about you and what you do. So I'm Alana McGinn. Uh, my company is Goodnight Sleep Site. Um, I started in the marketing world. So I went to school for marketing and actually started in the fashion industry and music industry um, and then had a kid and wasn't sleeping and was a fashion buyer at the time and traveling a lot and it just wasn't working really for our life, my husband and I, and um, got just kind of fell into the sleep thing, um, started helping friends. This was really before the industry was it's a very up and coming, fast growing industry, but before it was really around that people were hiring people to help sleep train their kids. Right. Um, so started Good Night Sleep Site when I was pregnant with my twins, launched that. Um, now we have a team of 20 plus consultants throughout uh, Canada and the US. Um, and we work on family sleep help. So helping babies to adults sleep better. And yes, today I launched my first uh, episode on our new podcast called This Girl Loves Sleep. So that's kind of a new project that we're working on and it's exciting. I love it. I mean, yeah. who doesn't love sleep? I feel like it's all I talk about <laughs> in the morning. How did everyone sleep? At night, planning my sleep. <laughs> yeah, like it's so just true. sleep. <laughs> so it's very exciting. Yes. And I mean, she's also sleeping with some celebrities. So <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> She's got some pretty awesome clients. It's and been a good year. It's yeah. Been a good year. Yeah, it's been fun. It's it's uh it's it's company is growing and I, I have to say my girls are amazing. My team of girls are awesome and they let me do all these fun things. So without them, yeah. I'm lucky to have Awesome. Them. Yeah. Now, if you happen to be here from any one of these three amazing people's communities, I'm Amanda Muse, and I have a YouTube channel. I started six and a half years ago on YouTube talking about like little mom updates and what my kids are eating and that kind of thing in Malaysia. And it's just kind of morphed into, you know, motherhood through my lens and things that I find interesting. And now I have this baby podcast that I love so much. So today I'm pumped to just talk about our friendships and how they impact us, you know, right now, but also how they have sort of, you know, formed us and helped us grow throughout the years as we were young kids and teenagers and moved around our lives. Because I just think it's one of these things that we all sort of rely on as having these, our friends in our lives. We, they impact us greatly. They actually help us make our biggest life decisions sometimes. And yet, you know, are we making enough time for them right now in this phase of life? Because I feel like time is of the essence. Uh, I found this really interesting quote from this professor. So he's from the university, Ohio University. And he said he uh, interviewed people from like 14 years old all the way up to 100. And he said that friendships actually are, everyone wants the same thing from a friend. Um, they want somebody to talk to, somebody to depend on, and somebody to enjoy. And even though the circumstances may change, the expectation remains the same. And I think that that's pretty if you think about your friends, mm -hmm. I mean, also, side note, you can hear my dog <laughs> going hard on her toy. <laughs> I might have to take that away. So yeah, the expectation remains the same with these friends. We have all these little areas we want them to fill, but you know, the circumstances change in our lives and how we sort of fill those voids. So I wonder right now, I'm curious to know how you guys are feeling in terms of, are you satisfied in that area of your life with your female friends? I would say yes for me, okay. but I've worked really, I've focused on working on how I am as a friend in the past couple of years and who my friends are in the past couple of years. I've really made a point to be more 
selective about who I'm giving my energy to and also how I'm coming across. And I think, and this is sometimes when it's Joanna talking and when Amanda and I are driving, sometimes we'll like give each other advice on areas we need to work on. And one of the areas you pointed out was how I was coming across when I first met people. And it was good because I would have never known. I just... Oh, yeah. I remember that conversation. I totally took it and have completely changed how I present myself and how I talk to people. And I didn't realize how I, I was being very like almost too intense professionally and like intimidating and not open enough and not like relaxed and just, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I feel like right now I'm in a really good place. Actually, that's a funny story. So we were driving <laughs> in the car. Say, I'm like, story. okay, let me tell you. So Joanne and I are part of a same, the same sort of management sort of company. And that's how we met. And we were at a barbecue and here this tiny feisty little thing comes up to me and because how tall are you? Five two. Five two. So I'm five eight. She's a little bit smaller than me. Um, giant husband. So there's like this, you know, this dynamic. And I'm like, who's this woman? I haven't met her before. Um, and she walks up to me and I'm like, hey, I'm Amanda. At the time, I'm not sure that I would have introduced myself like I'm a YouTuber and I have all this experience online, just more like in a social, like, hey, I'm Amanda. I just, you know, I moved overseas, blah, blah, blah. Um, I have two kids. And she was like, hey, I'm Joanna. I've been doing this online for this long. And I was like, damn, that's overwhelming. And I was like, I didn't know that about you. But then we started doing similar campaigns. We started driving together. And I was like, okay. It was more like, you were right. You were so like, I need to tell you who I, what I am professionally because we're in this professional mm-hmm. environment. But yet it can almost overwhelm the person. And then you're like, I didn't know that. And so we had this great conversation where you yeah. had said to me, you need to define more clearly what you do online. We kind of coached each other. Like yeah. I tried to help you present yourself in a way like, no, like you need to see who you are and what you've created and not downplay it. And I need to dial it back a bit. And that came from when I started blogging. I didn't know anyone. I knew a man, Alana online, which was like another great story I could tell. But like I didn't really know people in person. And then I'd go to these big conferences and feel like I had to sell, sell, sell. And right. like, what's your pitch? What's your pitch? So that for me was ingrained at that point. And I didn't have that group of in-person friends that I could just let my guard down around. And mm-hmm. I, it's special, I, I think, too, when you can actually say those things to a friend and it's not an insult and it's oh, not yeah. taken defensively. It's actually received yep. and given and it's like uplifting and And helpful, that's rare. Right? Yeah. And when yeah. you find that person, you have to hold on to them. Yeah. Someone who will, because t- I, I find myself very drawn to people who are straightforward and honest mm-hmm. and it's it, I find if you can find that person who can take that criticism and give it in a in a constructive way it's it's total gold because I didn't I would never known that about myself otherwise right I didn't see and to it. know it came from a place of love like yeah. it wasn't like yeah. I'm going to try and change you you weren't trying to take me down no you were trying to like because I was saying to Amanda at the point like you know I feel like this person doesn't like me or this person doesn't make eye contact with me when we're together or this person just gives me the cold shoulder and she's like well you may want to just work on this and this and I and then that has made such a difference now there still are those people that <laughs> yeah we can't make eye contact and I'm like I don't have time for you but still too yeah. <laughs> But you'd be surprised maybe what they're thinking of you too. Like Mm -hmm. I always, because I'm that way too. Like you just, we're women, right? So Mm -hmm. we just like overanalyze every single look and think. And they're probably not even recognizing that they're doing. They probably love you to death. But they're just, they're people that just don't make eye contact. Mm -hmm. You never know, right? Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious, like would you guys, so I'm looking at Vanessa here. Like do you have a lot of female friends or are you someone that has like a small group 
or how do you kind of how do you think about your friendships? I have several groups actually, okay. and I have like a group of friends who I've been best friends with since I was five years old, and they're like my family, like my sisterhood. I have my friends who I've met later in life through my husband, so the all the wives of his friends who have now become really good friends of mine, and then I have women like you guys who I've met through work who I consider good friends as well in a different way. So I think I have different pockets of friends, different groups, and like I love and respect them all the same. They're just different, and they have different stories behind them, and I value them all the same. And you just see them at different times in your life and have different experiences with them. But I think it's taken me a long time to get to this point and to see everybody enough and to manage them all well. And I feel like now that my youngest is over two, that I am finally on top of my friendships again. Got you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Time. That two is a big age, I oh, think. Yeah. It's a turning point. Would you, and Vanessa, would you describe yourself as an extrovert? Because though that amount... I'm I'm more of an introvert extrovert and so I know that I I have friends who I don't have to put work into and then I have say my three close close friends then my larger group of of friends that I love and then and then outside that it's friends that if I saw them at a get together we'd pick up where we left off but I don't feel like I have to put the work in would you consider yourself an extrovert that because it seems like you're able to give a lot more to larger groups of people or I would say I'm I'm very social yeah yeah and my husband is too like I love being with people I love hanging out with my girlfriends I try to do girls nights away and I've done girls trips like that is really important to me so and yeah like I love being around people and I know like often people will be like oh I need alone time and I do like alone time here and there but to be honest I like being with people like I like talking and connecting and sharing and yeah total extrovert I'd have to say yeah. <laughs> actually let's all take a moment so obviously Amanda total extrovert Alana what would you consider yourself I'm a total loner like interesting yeah. and I know and people always say that because of what I do I'm you know uh you know on tv and doing the podcast and this and that and um but I am and I have friends I mean obviously. it's not like I'm a loner right I don't right. have friends but like the friends I have other than you guys like people that I've met through work that I consider obviously friends but my, what I call like my heart and soul friends, I've been friends with since, you know, I was nine or 10 years mm-hmm. old. And mm-hmm. they're the friends that, you know, when you say I, I don't have to put in effort, like I do have to put in effort, but it's like they're, we're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. We're all young, small kids working. So it's like if we don't talk for a month, we just pick up where we left off. Mm-hmm. And, but they're like, they're my ride or dies. Like they're my friends. If anything happened, I could call and I knew that would be there. But yeah, I'm a total introvert loner and not like shy like if I'm in a public setting I talk and I like girls nights Mm -hmm. and social but like I would I'm completely comfortable being by myself and could be by myself Mm -hmm. for days which isn't necessarily a good thing (laughs) (laughs) because that's when you know if you you know it's anxiety and things like that that's where things can get crazy because then you get stuck in your head right so I have to sometimes force myself to like because I also work by myself for myself so it could be, yeah. Like you have to think about scheduling that kind of stuff in. Do I you need find? To get it, yeah, even if it's just like going out to the mall or just being somewhere where I'm around other people yes. and not just like in, because I could literally be by myself. I think we've had this conversation. And be okay with it. Because the thing is, being an introvert doesn't mean you don't enjoy people. No, not It just at all. means that like yeah. you require time I see and it. then you got to come back to you because you don't get energy from others. You yeah. get energy from yourself. Totally. So you need to like recharge. And that's the yeah. 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 Because yeah. I'm, I'm an introvert extrovert and mm-hmm. I totally relate to what you're saying, Alana, is I need to be able to be alone for a bit or quiet yeah. to recharge. I can't, whereas 
some a lot of extroverts can actually recharge more and more from being around people I find mm-hmm. yeah where I need to have that like like almost sensory deprivation moment where it's like right. lights are off I'm laying down in bed like I'm just being quiet there's no talking mm-hmm. and then I'm recharged and yeah. then I can go again but I can go to a party and be on and speak to exactly. a group of people and be That's on camera I, no yeah. problem put me in a grocery store I have to talk to a grocery store like <laughs> checkout woman and I'm just Always like cracks oh. me up. that actually is the most like so total opposite which is hilarious <laughs> that we're friends like if I have been in the house for too long like you're yeah. saying Dean's often like girl you need to get out like you need to see yeah. some people I start to get in my head and I'm yeah. like yeah, I'm like a yeah. zombie yeah. person and he's yeah. like babe you're an extrovert like it's like I need I'm like Tinkerbell you need like clapping or people to believe in you to be alive yeah. or something yeah. I'm, I'm like not good if I'm alone too same. long I start yeah. to get like foggy and I'm like it's, it's not I'm starting thinking I'm like yeah. I have migraines now yeah. I'm like no you just haven't left the damn house yeah. breathe yeah. some outdoor air so I feel like something that you has been brought up a little bit is having these friendships since childhood. Yes. Something that I find unique is I do have the odd friend that I've known since childhood, but I wouldn't say that they're my ride or dies. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, is it because, and I'm sure we'll work through this over the course of the episode, <laughs> but like I have lived in a lot of different places quite far from home. Right. Um, so I'm wondering, cause you know, I often say, and I've said it before in videos many times that to me, friendship is based on proximity. Because if you can like get together with a friend, it rekindles that friendship. Because to me, friendship is like, it's like a fire. It's like this dynamic thing. You know, you have to keep putting the log on it. And even if it, you know, dwindles down and is just embers, you know, it'll still be kind of there. And then you throw another log and then you, you know, like you were saying, Alana, could go a month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see each other again, it reignites it. And then it's like this dynamic, constantly moving kind of creature. So I'm wondering to take it kind of back to when we were young, young girls, like small girls, how friendships were then um and if you can so you have childhood friends that you guys have grown up with like what were some of the joys that you experienced as like little girls in friendships because the first thing that comes to my mind even when I was thinking about this was like you know little things like we would do like back tickles or like sleepovers tight squeeze oh my god exactly (laughs) like you know we I remember what like we would sing like Christmas songs and like you know we didn't record them obviously didn't think about those things but like all of these like fantasy games and the you know you'd be in the your best friend's room and like I don't know pretending to be Spice Girls like So tell me about that. (laughs) I had all guy friends when I was really young. And I have two older brothers. And I really think that played a part in being... And I was bit of a troublemaker. So this is Joanna, by Which the way. Which surprises yeah. me about yeah. you, Joanna. I know. Yes. I like these oh, stories. Yes. I want more. Yeah, like I was. As a kid, I would always try to push the limit. And, and then that's why I would find myself with the guys. Cause the, and I was never... My two ride or dies now are from childhood, grade four. And they're like my two best friends who... I, I have actually even had a fall in it with each of them before, but now we're like tighter than ever and we see each other all... Like we make a point almost every month to get together because we don't live super close. And those are two girls, but those would be my two first true friends that were girls. But I had a lot of trouble with friends as a kid. Because grade four is like nine, nine years old, eight, ten four, years old, uh, eight, 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 okay, nine, yeah. yeah, eight or nine. So yeah, that was about nine because I'm an early birthday. But before that, it was almost all guy friends. Interesting. Get in trouble. I put attack on the teacher's chair and stuff. Like I would get so much trouble (laughs) if one of the guys would like, like I would help the guys pull the clock off the wall in the classroom to change the clock to see if the supply teacher would let let us like that. Anytime. I saw a point where I could, and I don't know what it was, and I see it in one of my. I know, I know, I don't know. It's gone. It's kind of gone. I say things. She got it out of her system at a young age. 
Yeah, it's funny. And I I never felt like I was one of those girls, even when I had girlfriends, where I would be like, like I'd go to the slumber parties, but I was never one that was doing like the dance routines or anything like that. And I think that that was hard for me because I also had a very hard time keeping secrets and stuff and would get myself in fights with friends because I would just, I'm such an open book that it would like I'd spill the beans. And I don't know, I had some tumultuous friendships. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm more of like, no, I was choreographing the dance routines. Yeah. I was yeah, usually like one of the Spice Girls, like, yeah. you know, trying to do my thing. Um, I had a sleepover like every weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, my parents lived their best life. Mm-hmm. They were, And oh I was always gosh. like. Yeah. Same. My, my friends were watching Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street totally. at my house yes. when so, we were like five years sleep old. Boy cam. <laughs> yeah, sleep yeah. Boy cam. Like I think that all, my house was known as like the horror movie house. Yeah. That's my hilarious. We're never home. Yeah. <laughs> So that's interesting. So your parents weren't home. Well, yeah. And I say I had quite a tumultuous childhood. Yes. Like there was a lot of things that went down that were not pleasant in my childhood. Right. So it probably wasn't the norm. Um, but I had like my very first best friend. We must have been, I'm going to say we could have been possibly four when we met because our parents worked in advertising together in Toronto. And so they kind of set us up and we lived not far from each other. And she has been my best friend my entire life. Wow. And we've had our ups and downs yep. for sure, but it's always been about how much we see each other. It's never been anything too explosive. It's more about like time, but yeah. So we've, and, and along the way we picked up a couple girls and we have this group. That's that amazing. Years. Yeah. That's but amazing. I think because of the things I went through in my childhood, they literally became like my family. So when like my mother passed away when I was 11 and my father was not around. And so I was taken out of my home and I lived with relatives I didn't know. And so these were my friends throughout all of this. They stayed with me. Their parents would like invite me to their cottages and they really stuck with me. And thank God they did. Um, and so now we're still, you know, we're like sisters. That's amazing. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they, and I feel similarly as a grown up. Like when I was living in Malaysia, I hear it was far from my family, far from everything I knew to be normal. And it was like, you need stability. You need people you can call upon if you're sick or if you just want to have a laugh or like somebody, totally. right? And they do become like your family. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. Like I lived with one of my best friends for a year in high school wow. with her family. Oh, wow. They took me in. And you think about it now, like, would you take someone else's kid in for a year who's wow. 16? I mean, that's a big mm-hmm. thing to have yeah. done for a kid. No so, kidding. Yeah. No, my mom did that for a short period, actually. Just, it just reminded me of a girl I've known since we were like five. She had a similar thing, bit of a difficult home life. Yeah. And so sometimes she would end up at our house. But we fought like crazy when she would do that because there's almost like a weird territorial thing. Because mm. I was like, this is my house. Mm. Like, this is my mom. You know, right. and so that was a weird dynamic, like a bit of a power struggle having her in the house. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, and so, yeah. Well, you were saying you've, Alana, you've had yeah. friends since childhood. Like, yeah, we, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate where when I grew up, like we just had a great little circle of friends. I had a lot of guy friends too. Um, and it was just like that group that, you know, it's just, it was like that cl- classic, you know, thing is just you just have that group of friends that you just kind of grew up with. And, um, that's what that's what it was and now a majority of the girls um I'm still very close with when I say I'm very close with there's like you know three or four that again like I say are my ride or die but there's still that group that you know just example of one of friend that I grew up with she literally lives around the corner from me and we never see each other um and we hadn't talked in forever and she texted me just I think she was looking for like an eye doctor for her kids because we live in the same area and it was just like picking up right away it was like you know razzing each other and 
you know, joking about our husbands and this. And mm-hmm. it's just, so yeah. And these are all friends that I just grew up with. So I was very much that girl that, you know, sleepovers and parties and fun stuff. Um, yeah. Guys and girls. And it's interesting. So one thing we all have in common is that we all have a daughter or, you know, multiple daughters. You know, I was thinking about, you know, how are we going to nurture this in our girls? Like one thing that I read is that they often think that men are very competitive with each other, but women are competitive about connection. So where that kind of falls into play is like, I'm sure it either has happened to you, you've done it to someone, or you see it happening to your kids where all of a sudden, you know, your girls, you know, you got a little girls group and all of a sudden one is excluded. And for a, for a woman, if you even think about your friendships, like what defines a best friend? It's really knowing all the intimate details of their life. I want to know. Yeah, you're having a bad day. Grab a cup of coffee. I want to know it all. You know, like that's it's the connection that you're feeling. So have you ever been outed from a group or have you ever oh, yeah. outed someone? Oh, yeah. Like ghosted, you mean? Yeah, like just pushed out of a group. Like you're friends one day and then you go oh, back yeah. to class in I've grade been. two and now you're yeah. not friends. Oh, I've been ghosted as an adult. Not, oh. yeah. In high school. That's a whole story. Yeah. I was but, a kid. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You go through. My daughter right now is going into grade six and I'm terrified because mm-hmm. to me, grade six and seven, maybe even eight, but grade six and seven were like the worst years mm. for girls. They're just, can I swear? Yeah. yeah, they're just like, well, they're just bitches at that age. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but they are. Um, so I'm like, ooh, she's going into that all the group, hormones. And she's got a great group of girls and she's a great little girl. But I just know that she's entering that stage where it's just going to get cutthroat. Oh, cut yeah. Throat, mm-hmm. And it like breaks and it brings you back. Yeah, like, I think it I totally is like trauma. <gasps> I'm having back. some moments with my older kids where I'm like, oh, and I can't just go and fix it. Like, we no, cannot just can't. go to the schoolyard. And we, we and want to, but you I know. Can't. want to so yeah. much. And it's amazing how it just, you know, my husband's like, why are you so fat? I'm like, because it brings you back to when oh, yeah. I was mm-hmm. going to grade six. And mm-hmm. this girl was mean to me. And so I just, I know she's entering that stage and it just like. It, I think it happens earlier and earlier now because to give you a, a short story, last year, my daughter was starting grade two. And literally on the first day of school, a girl in her class who she was in the same group of friends with came up to every girl around us and gave her an invite to their oh, to her birthday. Worse. Every girl except my daughter. <gasps> and I was I couldn't believe it. And the mom was standing there. Oh, I, I almost felt anything? like well, I don't think she loves me. For some reason. She has no idea. I don't even know her. But anyhow. She did, and my daughter was staying there. She didn't cry. She didn't get, didn't get upset. But we had like a really long conversation over it after school. That makes and me want to throw punch the I mother. Totally like, like, it was a, yeah. And to be honest with you, I gave her some good looks throughout the oh, year. Oh, man. But at the same time, I'm like, do you want to be friends with someone like that? Exactly. Like, if she's going to yeah. exclude you. And I said, if you want to know why, she ask her. Exactly. If you want to know yeah. why you didn't get invited, don't be angry about it. Don't be rude. Just go up to her and ask her. So, of course, the next morning, well, the mom's standing there and I'm standing there. My daughter decides to ask her why she didn't get invited to her birthday. Love it. And I'm like, oh, this is slightly awkward. And the response she gave her, like, right near me was, because my mom doesn't know your mom. Ugh. She had been at her birthday the year before. Our very so that rude. Makes you feel sorry I thought, that child. yeah, because yeah. she was being manipulated. Being she clearly yeah. knew, you know. And actually, I was like, you know what? You bring up a very good point about the dynamic of the mothers. Yeah. When I was younger, my parents divorced when I was seven. Um, we lived in like in this apartment thing, and then when my mom and my stepdad had their baby, so my little sister, we moved to a townhome. So you've got this like small quarters. You probably got like seven houses in one, seven houses on the other, and it kind of faces this little parking lot, right? 
So we moved in and we were like new to the, the neighborhood. I was always a tall drink of water as a kid, you know, pretty good athletically, like, you know, could fit in really well. So the neighbors, there were three girls and a boy. Um, which is actually a lot when I think about it now, how small those townhomes were like, damn. Anyway, maybe some, you know, I want to say not everyone's in the best financial situation where I grew up. Um, and the girls were all really nice to me. And there was like this whole group and we'd get together, like everybody after school would hang out or after dinner. And then we'd all go home. Well, one day it all changed. And all of a sudden the neighbors started calling me names and started, I mean, this sounds so ridiculous as a grown person, but like the, the anger, it bubbles up in me mm-hmm. even right now mm-hmm. talking no, about no, it. Definitely. They would draw with chalk outside my little stairway, you know, th- horrible things, graphic sexual pictures, like call me a slut every time I left the house. Brutal. For what? And I truly think it's because a couple of the boys Jealous. started to pay attention Jealousy. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Jealousy does oh, yeah. evil yeah. things. Yeah. Also, my mom you know, she's maybe not the best at forming her own female friendships, whatever. She'd be kind of befriended some of the moms and all of a sudden they stopped being friends. Mm-hmm. And now that trickled down yeah. to me. Yeah. Those girls made my life a living hell for That's like, I'm not really kidding, like five you. years. Yeah. yeah. Five years. Yeah. With you. It, and yeah. I actually left because I couldn't endure it. I remember I was like, what was it, 19 when I moved to Toronto? And I remember just being like, I'm so sick mm-hmm. of why, why because of maybe my physical appearance, mm-hmm. why because of my intellect, because I was good at school, mm-hmm. why does that mean that all of these girls get to hate on me? Mm-hmm. And it's like, what kind of like negative shit is going on in their houses that they get to now mistreat others? Like, so, you know, when you, so I I mean, I'm sure we've all seen our kids do or say things that you're just like for the love, like we need Mm -hmm. to talk about that. Like you can't treat friends like that. Like, have you seen that in your kids? I have. So I, first of all, as a kid, like I've talked about this before, like I had moments where I was a bully and I was on that side. I was like the popular girl group because, mm-hmm. and I look back and I think about why was I like that? I was the girl with like, that was known as like the pretty face, but I was curvier, but I n- never played sports and I felt like I was always compensating. Like my self-confidence was pretty low. And so I had to, I had to get the first word in, the first jab in. And I was always funny, the funny one and everything, but I, I would Anytime I felt threatened, I remember this new girl came to our school and she was really pretty and all the guys were drawn to her and I started like, like just why, why would you like her? And I was one of those and I think it was self-confidence issues. I also know in my family, although I had a great upbringing, the one flaw, which we talk about as adults and like I'm friends with all my siblings because I was one of four too and parents who traveled a lot and everything, a lot got, we got away with a lot. We even got away with bullying each other inside our home. And I think that then like my older brothers would kind of tease me. So then I would take it out on other kids, you know, it's like, I appreciate your vulnerability about this because I think so many of us have had moments. Like I used to beat the crap out of my brother. And it's, I mean, my brother's like six foot something now that uh, (laughs) one, it stopped because he threw me against a wall and I was like, right, you're big. But I mean, there is that Mm -hmm. dynamic of like, you're feeling insecure people are bullying you I'm gonna take it out on that kid yeah because they're there exactly yeah and that's kind of and I would try to be one up them because I felt so insecure that I wasn't the skinniest or the most athletic so I had to be something so I was the girl that you don't mess with and the girl that you know so I I and now I see one of my kids my oldest daughter Bo 
there's traits in her that were just like me. She has no problem causing trouble at school. She's doing way better, but we had some phases. And um, there was this one situation where I found out a mom had um, called her out on the schoolyard. And I was livid and Bo came home and she's like, I have no idea why. And I stormed into the school and I, I was like, this is not okay because I don't even know what happened. And the mom cannot do that. First of all, I've had the situation where the other mom that mom that told her off in the schoolyard then tried to befriend me one day when we volunteered together and I kind of brushed her off because I don't not I was not okay with how she handled that and then those our two girls wanted to play together and wanted to have play dates and I was not about to even I just didn't want to even have that contact with that mom so I kind of get from that side too and then but what I've been doing I've made a conscious effort with um, all of my kids' friendships is I've put Bo now in brownies. Mm. I signed her up. This is like Girl Guides. This I did brownies. Like girl guides I never did it. And I, and I swore I would too. never do it. I yeah. was just totally against the whole... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I was against it all. I was like, why would I do that? So much work. Well, I'm like, her best friend who I really love and I love her parents signed up. And I'm like, you're going to get a uniform. You're going to get some structure. Like maybe hopefully it'll be like a little bit of hint of like military school or something. <laughs> like Get out there and do that every week. But I think it's going to be good for her to really form that friendship and that structure yeah. and have that. Um, we got babysitters for all the girls. Because I think it's hard to raising four kids and ha- trying to help develop friendships for especially your older kids when you're so stuck at home with little ones. So we've really made a conscious effort to get babysitters for the other kids to help bring like our son out with three friends to the movies and dinner and things like that to really build those friendships more because we were realizing a few months ago that they were falling behind in the friendship game mm-hmm. and they weren't putting in their time that other friends were developing these close friendships. The younger and kids or the older kids? The older kids. And then right. even with our twins with their recent birthday party, mm-hmm. we invited a bunch of friends from daycare, ended up, surprise, surprise, our two girls invited all boys, <laughs> almost all boys, but... We're trying to really, as parents now, make an effort in helping them develop those closer friendships. Mm-hmm. And I realized That's a about job in itself. six it months ago, my husband and I realized you actually have to make a conscious effort to help these friends, especially in this day and age where they're not riding their bikes around mm-hmm. like I was until it was dark with the neighborhood kids. Mm-hmm. Like you have to miss Yeah, that's dates. true. It's I, changed. It's I find world. too, like I am forming friendships with the parents mm-hmm. of the kids that yeah. my kids like. And As hopefully they're cool. It's worked out so far. Yes, but that's so awesome. I've become actually really good friends with my daughter's best friend now. And like we hang out all the time. They actually move down the street. We've like, we go for beach days. We work out together at the gym like four times so a week. Nice. See, her and I have a lot in common. And that's like Bo's best friend now with the yeah. brownies. I'm like, it's if amazing. we're going to go camping, we're going to carpool together. Yeah. We're going to go camp. To, like, I'm good with and that. It, yeah, yeah, it's important to do because I noticed this with my daughter when she started going into like grade two, as you say, like that's when kind of things start socially and things like that. And I'm not that like parent that. It sounds terrible. I get involved in my kids' lives, obviously, but I'm not like I'm not involved in the school. Like I'm just not that parent. You don't have to be. Yeah, Yeah, there's a parent for everything. Totally. Mm -hmm. So my job was like be friends with the parents who are. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, girl. Um, But it takes a village. So as you were saying, it's really important to me now, and it can be work for me to to build to create new relationships because I am so stuck in my own little brain sometimes. And you're busy. Um, And I'm busy totally. Um, but to make friends with my kids good friends because you know you want other parents mm-hmm. to have your back mm-hmm. you know so um I've developed 
friendships now with my kids' parents, yeah. my kids' friends' parents, because it's that's important to do. It's worth doing, and I think it also opens a line of communication when it comes to cell phones, totally. when it comes to dramas yeah. that are happening mm-hmm. at school or anything that's going on. Then everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Like we had a situation where my daughter's in grade two, and she wanted her own email address or her own, I don't know, te- for texting or something, and I said no. And two of them had said yes. And and she was like, really? Are you going to ruin my life? Are you going to be that? Like, she was so angry at me and my daughter. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not budging. Then, like, the other moms text me. And they're like, so you're not going to do it? I'm like, sorry, she can use my husband's cell phone between seven and eight. And she can text. And they can text his phone. And that's it right now. Yeah. And so then they all were like, okay, we're doing the same thing. Smart. So everybody, yeah. you know, reverted backwards. And then we find out what apps they've been looking. Like, it's just... It's a it good village. Yeah. Yeah. And each, each stage, yeah, requires a different level of mm-hmm. yeah. insight. And you do need that village to, you know, seek out. So totally. the three of us here, so Vanessa, Alana, and myself, we have our eldest or daughters, right? Is your eldest? Yeah. yeah. So that's an interesting dynamic. <laughs> um, I am the eldest, so I get it. Uh, it's a fiery situation. Mm-hmm. I find like... Have you had, like, one of the things I noticed with my daughter, with Esme, is the leadership quality mm-hmm. is good, but is also bad. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I have find myself, or not so much lately, I don't know why, but I find that we always have conversations about, like, ways to lead people in a way that's positive, and when you have to let other people take the lead. Like, you can't, in other words, don't be bossy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I hate the word bossy, because it feels, like, very feminine or something. It's, like, a very negative feminine mm-hmm. tone about it. But it's, like, just... It's okay to be a leader, but you got to learn the, how to like hone in on those skills. Um, have you found that with your girls? See, it's a personality thing too, though. Like, so my, I have three kids. My youngest are twins. My eldest is a daughter and then my twins are boy girl. My eldest is, she can be that bossy older kid, older sibling for sure. But it's my youngest twin girl. That's the bossy mm. one. And sends with her friends. Like my, my eldest is not a leader with her friends and you know I, I i don't fault her for that she is she's a follower for sure i would love her to be a bit more of a leader with her friends but she's not she's just that's just her personality that she's she's a follower for sure thankfully she has a good group of friends where i don't care if she follows them uh, whereas my youngest daughter is the one i have to have the conversations with because i see that she's the bossier one and i don't know if it's the dynamic because she has a, a brother a twin brother so she bosses him around a lot too. She's just got that, <laughs> which I love about her because she's very. Where her and I are very similar in that aspect. She's a bit of a loner too. She kind of beats her own drum. Um, so I think it depends on the personality. Okay. I don't know if it's like an older, younger sibling thing. Interesting. And I'm also a younger sibling, so I tend to. And this sounds terrible to say, but I tend to side kind of more with my youngest because I can relate more to her. Totally. I had an older sister, mm-hmm. so. I see what used to drive me nuts about what my older sister did to me. I see her do it to her younger sister. So I have to stop myself from doing that sometimes. That is mm-hmm. such an yeah. interesting perspective. Yeah, I am yeah. feeling this in this moment because Esme will tease the crap out of her brother. And I'm like, girl, I see you. Because I did that <laughs> yeah. every day yeah. for like 15 years. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I am hard on her yeah. because I identify with like what she's Whereas doing. I'm hard on my oldest daughter because I was the youngest daughter that had the older sister bother me so when she does it to her younger sister I'm like you can't do that and I'll whisper to Lila like don't take that from her (laughs) (laughs) which is terrible because like you know anyways 
That's but you're, you're trying that's to like. Well, and that's how I withhold it. Anytime right. I hear picking on the girls or belittling or even the correcting all the time, I'm on it because I lived it and I was right. picked mm-hmm. by my older brothers. So I'm so oh. sensitive to my eldest because my sister, who is like seven years older than I am, often reflects on how she felt like she had to take care of us all the time. Mm-hmm. And she felt like she had too much responsibility as the eldest. She had to babysit too much. And she didn't get to have the childhood. I mean, it was difficult anyway, but she has a little bit of resentment over that. So I'm so uber sensitive not to keep reminding my daughter that she's right. the eldest, even though I feel like she does have a responsibility in that position to set somewhat of an example. I kind of try not to stress that she's the eldest because I think I've heard my sister say how so many times how she was too pressured as the eldest to be perfect. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, so, and it can impact. I'm experiencing this now. And this is a conversation for another day. But I'm experiencing where I had, do have a younger brother and a sister. And it could have been some parental stuff that went wrong. But there was a lot of Amanda is up on this pedestal mm-hmm. and everyone else you can't compete. Yes. And is not it is not the reality, but it has impacted my relationship with my siblings. So mm-hmm. it is interesting to think about that friendship dynamic too, like mm-hmm. even amongst our kids. Could be a whole other podcast talking yeah. about oh, our girl. sibling dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> as we you know got through those young days, being a teenager, having friends Joanna talks about how she was like a bad girl. I was not a bad girl. I had like a really heavy backpack because I was like doing homework. Like I think I had such a difficult time at home that I needed something to like focus in on. I needed like structure. And so I went hard on like school. I don't know what the hell that did for me now. As I don't a grown know how I Nothing. school. I really don't. In <laughs> fact, I failed one. Um, just one, how she passed. I don't know. I think about it. I don't, I don't know how I do remember either, how to, to do long division. I just. Oh, I was, it's different now, yeah. though, than like. But like. On yeah. That Anyways. But those teenage friendships. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Things start changing. Mm-hmm. We start finding significant others, boyfriends, whatever, yeah. drinking, all of those things. Like. What was like some of that change like? Like, did you have like girlfriends that you were just like, these are my people? Your tech. I mean, what did we have in those days? We had pagers. Yeah, we had ICQ. ICQ. Pagers. Oh my god. We had email. We just got email. I'm older, so we didn't even have pagers back then. I didn't have a pager. I never had a pager. Yeah, I had pagers too. We did payphones. We did payphones too, but pagers were coming in. Pagers were like I never had one. That's when they started coming in. Yeah, you know what. I was like, I was a good kid. My parents were strict. Not strict, like scary, mean strict, but strict. Like I had a curfew. If I, like I got grounded, I was that kid. Mm -hmm. Whereas I had some friends that were that kid that, you know, same thing, parents disciplined the same way. And then you had those group of friends that parents were very lax. So those were the houses that we went to. And those are the sleepovers. That's where we slept over because they were like the fun ones. Right. We didn't have, but my parents had rules and I followed them. I was like, I'm, to this day, I was a rule follower. I lived on my own in high school. I got an apartment. Oh, wow. And I had a roommate. And so my. You were responsible probably. Well, I look back now and I'm like, I was. I don't know how I finished Mm -hmm. high school. Like my grades were fine. I always had two jobs. Like I had a major social life. Like I don't know how I did it. I look back now and I look at teenagers now and I'm like, I lived on my own when I looked like that. It's yeah. kind of frightening. Teenagers are different now than yeah, I so guess. Much more but like, we yeah, yeah. For me in high school, I can. I was part of this popular group all through high school. We'd have our parents were all we we're all well off. Like, a, and so we our parents would travel and we would have these massive parties at our houses and party hard. And then near the end of high school, I met. Mike, who went to the high school down the street, and I was then like smoking and everything. He was doing homework on the weekends. He was still popular, but like a rule follower. And I 
ended up dating him and I actually got an ultimatum from that group of popular friends being like do you really want to do this do you really want to date someone outside the group and I was like yes I do and that was the end and I I left and I left that group of friends and went and hung out started hanging out with like the art artsy group which was more me and everything and started to discover who I was at that point and it wasn't until I went to art school like um, art college and then interior design school that I completely changed Mm -hmm. buckled down straight A's followed rules, took care of myself, my self-confidence built. Like, that's kind of my high school in a little summary. But I was suspended. I stole cake from a party. Like, I don't know why. Like, I just didn't care. I feel like it was like, I yeah, didn't care. Yeah, you weren't probably I didn't afraid care. of what would happen. I didn't care. I did a yeah. lot of skipping. Like, yes. I remember Ooh, skipping yes, school. Yeah. I mean, skipping would tear, because like, if my dad found out I skipped, oh my God. Like, yeah, I was. But I get a voicemail in my apartment not. being like, yeah. Mr. and Mrs., your daughter, Mr. Yeah, and Mrs., they don't even know I'm on my own. <laughs> Our phone would ring that's during true. dinner, and it was an automated thing. And all six of us would be sitting at dinner. Yeah. I'd run, grab the phone, pretend to have a short conversation with someone when it's the automated thing, seeing Joanna wasn't in class today, and hang up. And I'd lie to everyone who it was. Okay. And that every single, almost every single day. Like, it was just, I I'm shudder at having <laughs> four But this is good for parents who have teens to yeah. listen to because, like, there's hope. We all turned out just oh, fine. Sure. If you find your way. Yeah. Like, I think for me, going back to, like, the girlfriend conversation, like, in high school... I always felt like I was the underdog with everybody mm-hmm. because of my family situation. Mm-hmm. And I also, too, like, went to a really good private school in yeah. Toronto. And, like, like I had an apartment, but it was, like, across the street from Sporting Life on Lytton. Like, it was, yeah. like, everybody mm-hmm. had money around me except me mm-hmm. um, after my parents passed away. Like, I was totally on my own, but still living amongst all these privileged kids. So I felt like the underdog. And I think when it comes to relationships, for me, like, I seek out the underdog kind of or... I like always want to be friends with everybody like and if someone doesn't want to be friends with me I struggle with it like for me it's like I always want to be open and friendly and make new female friends and to have that acceptance from your peers totally that's difficult for me oh yeah. (laughs) yeah I feel like there's an I mean and we're going to talk about social media and how that impacts our friendships but there is this element of like Am I accepted? Mm. Have people like, do you want to be my friend? So when I was 19, I had just, so in Quebec, you go to college. So you're like, finish high school, 16, 17, 18 and a half-ish, you're finishing college. And then I moved from Montreal to Toronto. Um, And it wasn't so much moving out of like, this is going to be fun. This was like a necessity. It was a very volatile situation in my home with my mom. And it was like, girl needs to go. So my dad was living in Toronto and I got this email. Oh no, it was like a newspaper clipping because we didn't even like email really. Hello. I got this newspaper clipping from my uncle and he was like, there's this job possibility to be a flight attendant. Like, would you want to do this? You're bilingual. It brings you to Toronto. It's this cool opportunity. And I was like, heck yes. So I interviewed, I got this job, trained in Montreal over like- Is that how you met Dean? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So that was like how many moons ago? Yeah. 19. So I met him when I was 20. So here I was training in Montreal in the depths of winter, January. Um, you knew all this like flight attendant training. And then I move to Toronto. And I did have this court, like this, this group of friends that I went to high school with, but we didn't like befriend each other until college. Um, again, proximity. We were in the same classes. Like that dynamic was different, but it was, it was interesting because when I went and moved, we had a little going away party. And I had a boyfriend and everything, but I was like, you know, when you know, 
You're, you're like, like see you never. girls got to go. Yeah, <laughs> bye. I did that after I was like, gone to BC. Yeah. Yeah. Broke my heart a little, but it's interesting yeah. how you have to make those decisions, right? So I, I move. And here I was, like, my first experience, loneliness. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I'm living in this tiny basement apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to call my best friends from home because they're my people. And I partied with them all summer. And all of a sudden, it was like this huge dynamic sw- shift. And it was like... Literally, they started spilling tea about me around town that I was some, I don't know why, but basically some slut for becoming a flight attendant. Why do people always go for that I one? Know. Honestly. Like, it's so low. It is so, so low. low. First of all, wasn't getting any no, for a while. Been, <laughs> like, didn't know anyone. I know. It's like, Wish it's it was. So yeah, should have been. <laughs> yeah. uh, Would have been real convenient. Yeah. Like, and actually, that's a good podcast too, because making a choice doesn't mean you're a slut. Totally. Even if you were. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're in control. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. And it really yeah. was part of like female kind of identity at that time. It was like, that was such a thing to say. Like you're such a slut or something. Mm-hmm. But it was like the harshest thing that mm-hmm. these two girls could have said to me because I had gone through a lot in the two years that we were friends. And it was like, why? Because I moved away? Like what? Jealousy. It was, yeah, that jealousy, that betrayal. Um, And then you have to go through this whole period of like mourning the loss of a friendship Mm. at a very formative time in your life. Like, have you had those experiences where you've sort of, I know Joanna, Vanessa, you said you've had friends since youth where Mm -hmm. you kind of like have broken up for a little bit Mm -hmm. and then rekindled it. Like, were those in early days? That was right. So when I think of my loneliest time, as you were talking, I'm like, what was my loneliest time? My first three years of motherhood. Ah. I had had a bit of a falling out with a couple of friends. For some reason, and this is partly what Nesting Story is all about, is for some reason I thought being a perfect mom would be to let everything else go and just focus on motherhood. And that included, like when I think about those first three years, I really did not have a lot of good connection with other friends. I also was one of the first to start having kids because my first I had was born when I was 26 um, and yeah, that was my first three years where I really didn't have that lifeline. Like and I, it, it comes my, down to change, right? Yeah, so I like tried mommy groups, I thought that's what I wanted. I couldn't stand it. These random people. I didn't want to talk to them. My husband would come home from work and I'd literally be pacing the halls deep in depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those big formative years. So Vanessa, you were saying you were living on your own at like 16? Yeah, so on 16 on my own. And then like literally the day after I graduated high school, I remember going to the Golden Griddle for the brunch with my girlfriends. Griddle, yeah. And then yeah, they all, <laughs> the younger day as well. Yeah. And then they all drove me to Pearson and I was like, bye. And I just went to BC because I had to get out of there. Yeah. Like everybody was going to Western and mm-hmm. here and there. And I wanted to be an actor and I wanted to do be in the art scene. And one of my sisters lived in Vancouver and was like, come to Vancouver. That's what everyone did though. They yeah. Went to BC, right? Yeah. But, and then yeah. I ended up in Whistler, of course, yeah. for a yeah. couple of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so Vancouver seemed like a great place. And I kind of wanted a fresh start. Um, but, and I did, I still kept close to all those girlfriends. They definitely went on a different path than I did. And I think I struggled with the fact that their path seemed so right and perfect and stable. And I didn't know, like, that wasn't my journey. My journey was something else. And like, I wanted to be creative and I wanted to be in film. And so I just took off. Um, but yeah, I maintained all those friendships. There was one friendship though, that I lost in my life. That was a big one. And it was, um, a friend who I, who I lived with when I was on my own in high school. And she had a similar tumultuous childhood, 
But her, like, upbringing from, like, 0 to 10 was very different from mine. And I think 0 to 10 has a massive impact on your life mm-hmm. later on. So we had some major differences, but our our uniting situation, like, the fact that we both didn't have parents and stuff kept us together. And as we grew into women, like, the choices that she was making versus what I was making were really different. Like, you know, she was the kind of woman and who had no problem, like, having a, an affair with someone who was married say oh, okay and so for me that was not okay you know and and whatever to each his own it just yeah. it created such a wedge in our friendship that I couldn't stay close to her any longer because it was went so against mm-hmm. the values mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. wa- lived by and wanted to live by um and it's sad because we were really close and she was really close to my friends now too and we all kind of lost touch with her because of the choices that she was making Mm -hmm. and that was a painful one for sure and I've tried to reconnect with her but I don't know. I don't Sometimes the, the gap is too big. Yeah, and I was, the decisions were too dark. Yeah, I was yeah. reading something about friendships, and it was saying that friendships will evoke feelings of anger, envy, competitions, all of those emotions that make us feel human, but sometimes you can rekindle it mm-hmm. and recover from it, and other times you can't. Like you were saying, your values were so separate. Yeah. It was just too it, much. It was too much, and also my, during my first pregnancy, she came back to Toronto, and like she's a lovely person in there. There was just some damage that anyhow hopefully her life is better and she's healed but so anyhow I tried to rekindle our friendship during my first pregnancy and for me when I met my husband and became pregnant like I almost feel like that's when my life started like my happiness and so I was like so overjoyed to be pregnant and I couldn't wait to like share this with her and meet up with her and it was like all the, the same darkness and those kind of things were floating around her and I'm like oh my gosh I cannot have that in this life like um, I'm good now like yeah. my and I and I just I couldn't be her friend because I felt like she was the kind of woman who if I let her in my home like that she would probably destroy go you. after my husband or, go, yeah, or yeah, yeah. like I didn't trust her there was no trust and to me friendship the foundation is like you need you gotta have that trust yeah. and it's gotta be real and truthful like I've experienced something similar more recently with a friend who I've basically decided I can't have that in my life just yeah. so moral compass Oof, different it's a big I, one I can't mm-hmm. I can't anymore and as you get older like it defines mm-hmm. you like yeah. your values define your life and mm-hmm. who you are and your intentions and so I was ghosted as an adult <laughs> really <laughs> yeah um and normally when you hear of a friend being ghosted it's because you know they're toxic exactly what you're saying so I think you guys know that I'm not a toxic person like that's <laughs> no. not why I was ghosted <laughs> I hope you guys know that about me at least but this was a friend who I met later on in life and like I said I am very much a loner so my group of friends are friends I've had since childhood other than people that I've met you know through my throughout my career that I consider friends what I consider my heart and soul friends it takes me a lot to to establish that um and I'm I'm kind of good with who I have I wasn't really looking for any new friends in that capacity but met her I met her through um her my husband at the time my boyfriend and her boyfriend were very good friends and we met through that and we just established this like amazing friendship for for quite a few years she was she was what I considered a heart and soul friend um but when I had my twins I you know I had a three and a half year old at home I had newborn twins I was just starting good night sleep site And so I was neglecting a lot, including myself, including my husband, (laughs) including my family and friends for sure. And at the time she was um, single. So no husband, no boyfriend, no kids could, so could not even understand what my world was, nor could I really understand anymore what her world was. Right. Um, So yeah, she completely just, and was, did I neglect her? 100%. I will own that. Um, 
but totally cut me off. And it was hard. It was to this day. I mean, this was only, I mean, the twins were seven. So I guess this was about six years ago. Um, to this day, like she broke my heart. Like I can't even like, yeah, she was like a really good friend of mine and it was hard. It was, it's still, I mean, I've gotten over it now, but it took me a couple years to like, the scar tissue. It's like, yeah. Like yeah. now I know for sure if she was to come back and apologize and whatever, I, 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 I'm confident in saying like, no, that there's too much hurt. Like the friendship would be over, but there was years where I would have taken her back in a second mm. because it really like, it's hard. So yeah, I, you know, that heartbreak being on the side of mm. being ghosted, but yeah. again, your situation is different that I can get. But because I am, it was kind of, like, if she keeps crawling to me right now, I'm probably like, <laughs> come to mama. Like I yeah. definitely yeah. have like, total love for her in my heart yeah. and I do for all my friends but it's- oh there's a lot of anger now with me like I'm at that stage where I'm yeah. just like you know screw you you, right. you threw it now she has a son she has a significant other and she has a son and I remember the second I heard that she was pregnant there wasn't like I'm so happy for her the very first thing I thought of was good now she's gonna get it like now she's gonna understand mm-hmm. now what, she's what gonna- she gave up yeah well not gave up but now she's gonna understand the why position, you were in the state why yeah. I was in mm-hmm. the state because yeah. You know, mm-hmm. had if I had the opportunity to go back and make things right, I don't know that I could have because I was so. I had a newborn twins. Mm-hmm. I had a three year old. Yeah. I had a business. I was just starting. Like, yeah, like I you know speaking for what she needed, and I get that. It's interesting yeah. that heartbreak. Um, I feel like it's funny. The stories I keep sharing are of heartbreak for some reason, but I think it's it's just I personally have been through so many changing, like dramatic changes. But okay, so I'm living in Vancouver. And again, no friends. Couldn't really find people at work because of the power position I was in. I was managing people. That's a hard dynamic to cross when you're trying to befriend people. Like, oh, let's go party. And then I'm your boss on Monday. Mm -hmm. It's weird. So that didn't really work out well. But I found this one friend. And we were both kind of like displaced people. So she was from South Africa. I'm from Montreal. We didn't really have a lot of people. Dean traveled a bunch. Dean would be gone for like, what was it? Four, three weeks away, two weeks home or something insane when I think about it now. Um, So there was a whole bunch of time I'd spend by myself. And so she would come to my house. I would cook her dinner. We'd watch movies. We'd get a bottle of wine. We'd ballroom dance together. Like we were just like soul sisters, right? So then this opportunity comes up for us to move overseas and Dean and I, we get hitched real quick. Um, I didn't have like bridesmaids or anything at my wedding. I think there's a part of me that I, I value female friendships at the utmost, but I'm not certain I trust anybody with that kind of you're my bridesmaid. Like you're my most important person. Like, I don't know that I place that kind of trust in anybody because I don't want to be disappointed, which is a weird way. Well, it's funny just to cut you off for a second. It's funny what they say is always look where you are at your place now. Who out of your, who are you still friends with that were in your wedding party? And I'll admit between my husband and I, not many. Right. And it's not, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say it's not because we're not friends anymore, but just lost touch, different stages of our life. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I would say mine are exactly the same friends. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like they were the Mine are 50-50. Yeah. Okay, so that's out of four people. Yeah. My husband has friends exactly the same way I have. Like right. I think my entire life, and one day I'll have to like do a draw my life or something, has been very much like, girl, the only person you got is you. Mm-hmm. And so with that, you know, but I'm still like, I'll fall hopelessly in love with people, yeah. friends, you know, husbands, what? because I think it's essential to love, right? And so you do love your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
I have got this best friend and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she's the one who drove me to the airport. And I'm like, ah, like sobbing, you know, I'm leaving everything, slipping the key under the door in Vancouver. And it was just like, talk about a traumatic life experience, right? So I get to Malaysia. It's, it's a hard go. I mean, some of you have seen the videos and stuff, but you know, you're making do Well, she's going back to South Africa for Christmas because she goes like every year for a month or something. Well, South Africa to like, if you were going to fly from like Singapore to South Africa, it's about 11 hours, which is way better than the 30 to come back to Canada. Right. So I'm like, dude, I will come see you. Like, let's do this. Awesome. So she's got a boyfriend that like kind of met just before I am. I left Vancouver. So she's in South Africa. I arrive. I'm so pumped and I arrive. Um, but like the day before I arrive, she goes and gets engaged. And I was like, Oh my God. And then I arrived and I was like, Oh my God, this entire trip became about planning a wedding. Oh goodness. <laughs> and your girl here <laughs> is there for 10 of the longest fucking days of my life. Yeah. And I'm in Africa. Okay. Yeah. I ain't close to no one. Mm-hmm. And I get there and I was like so excited, but I wasn't met with warm hugs and open arms. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah, and I'm like, her mom just going to say it. I don't care if they're listening. They broke my heart. She was not a warm, friendly person. And I was like, wow, like I'm really imposing Mm -hmm. and I'm already here and I didn't have a job and I didn't have a ton of, oh my God. And I was like, what do I do? Well, by day like two or three, um, I felt like there was this weird dynamic where I was like, does she, like, is she feeling insecure around me? Like, does she think oh, her fiance, like her fiance, yeah, no gross. Her fiance and I were like brother and sister. <laughs> going on there. We, I like, it was a very like sibling dynamic between mm-hmm. he and I. And first of all, he worshiped the ground she walked on. And it was very obvious. Like I could have been like, I was like a three headed Shrek monster. Like he didn't even notice my existence obsessed with her. And I thought, well, this is weird. But then we'd go to like, look at venues. And I was like, I was the most awkward third wheel. Like I have never, I have to say, does that not seem fast? Like to give you engaged and then do that the first week. I don't know. I was engaged for so long. Well, you know why? (laughs) Because they both lived in Vancouver, but they wanted to get married in South Africa and they were there. So they started like, that's really inconsiderate to you. No offense to that person. Dude, it was more than inconsiderate. (laughs) It was so painful to me. And I remember like, you're already a better friend than I to fly 11 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been like, dude, I'm going to Cape Town Beach for, call me later. Yeah. I'd never been so, but I was like I've never been so shocked like I felt mm-hmm. like it was the biggest slap in the face mm-hmm. and so I think it was like day three I'm just gonna say it her her stepdad's a bit of an alcoholic and so he would like crack a king can of beer at like 3 p.m dude I was right next to him was like Chuck. I'd be sitting there banging back this yeah. beer. Vanity. He's like, do you want to go to the Olive Garden? Because they have like olives. Like, gar- I'm like, done. I'm on the back of his four-wheeler. We're like going. And he was the nicest man. We were both like hammered most days. Um, but like, I've never been so upset. And so wow. then we went on this safari thing, which was, I, I truly feel like that trip was one of the most beautiful countries I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. But I had to do this weird separation in my brain over the last few years to separate her from the experience. Mm-hmm. And I remember one night, just sobbing in this like little hotel room that I was by myself. And she finally, like, here's an example. So I'm sitting on the safari, like an open truck, like in Africa, you're going to see lions and tigers and whatever. So I've got like a big camera, DSLR, the little point and shoot. I was like, so excited about this. This was just before my YouTube started. So I was like, really into all this tech stuff. And I'm like, dude, can you hold my camera and take a picture of me? And she was like, why? And I'm like, and 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 her, her partner looked at her and he was like, Cause she wants a photo of her on this trip. Like, like what is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And I was just like, 
okay? And so that night I was just sobbing in my in my hotel room and I'm calling Dean, like he's in Asia, I'm in Africa. And I'm like, he goes, babe, I got a friend in Namibia. Do you want to fly to Namibia, which is like a little country just mm-hmm. north of yeah. there? I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I've never been so heartbroken. That's she awesome. finally approached me like just before the end of that trip and was like I'm so sorry for my behavior and at that point I honestly felt like I had been abused for like 10 days um the last day so her partner left he went back to Canada and we had one day just us I mean she she have a reason there was no reason there was no reason she took me out with friends to like a coffee shop and it's like I wasn't there you guys know how outgoing and extroverted I am I just like sat there with like a tea yeah that those are uh, the traumatic are, experiences yeah. of your life yeah you're like oh, so we get back and i and i left i had never been so happy to leave that place and i was mm-hmm. like in my mind i'm like never going to speak to you again yeah. and i got back to malaysia and dean was like i was like needing hugs and massages and like therapy for like that experience yeah. and so i got pregnant shortly after that and like had esme and i remember she connected with me and she tried to apologize and i was like damage is done yeah. and we Sometimes actually it was we had a yeah. frank conversation and i said to her you i have never been so mistreated in my entire mm-hmm. life and i grew up with a pretty rough upbringing and i was mm-hmm. like that was the most disloyal, heartbreaking experience of my oh, life. Good for you for yeah. saying it's that. sad when yeah. like, something like that happens yeah. in a friendship when like you're just too scarred. Like, oh, I yeah. too many things oh, happen, yeah. and you're like, I can't do it anymore. What's worse though is when you don't have the closure. And True, that's something that yeah. I haven't had yet. Right. Yeah. So I've had the closure to myself. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> you therapy you're in your shower. <laughs> you're like, I've gotten all my things out. Um, but I, I've never had that closure, and mm-hmm. I don't know that I ever will. Um. And it's, it's hard, hard to have. It's, it's very hard. hard. You don't have closure. Confrontation is a big one. And I remember yeah. like we tried to pretend like it didn't happen. Like she called me after I had Esme and she sent me a really nice gift. And I was like playing along. And then finally I was like, you know what? I can't pretend Mm -hmm. like I I had found new friends. And so think about it too. I had no friends in Malaysia yet. She was like my one person. I hadn't had a friend in six months and it was like, it was, it was devastating. But yeah, I had the closure and I follow her from time to time and she has children now. And, um, and I will like a photo here and there on Instagram, but I ain't ever going back to that. I think there's something to be said for awareness and mm-hmm. being a human. Yeah. Like, I think that you need to, and a lot of people are just not aware. They're not, mm-hmm. I mean, that behavior is unacceptable. No, I totally. think she knew. I think yeah. she knew you, she was then that's, like that. So I think cruel. she, like, I don't know. I it think was a weird was, power that trip. That was a nasty, you know, spending so much time with you, Amanda, and he, I've heard, I think, this story and I'll, many others, and you've suffered so much heartbreak from mm. friendships. And I've, I've thought hey, you're before. You're so nice. I don't That's what I was going to say. You're so loyal. You're so nice. You're like one of my best friends. You're one of my top three. I always tell you that. And I've never seen that come out. There was one moment. There was a flicker where I was like, <laughs> ah, this is where the hurt comes out when we were at the thing in the spring. Oh, and Someone lit into you and we went outside and you turn on me and you go, and then you. And I go, wait a second. Is yeah, that I know about. Yeah, it? yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah. then I'm just like, but that's like you are so like forgiving and like just so open still and like the first person to make friends with everybody, put everyone at ease, ask them about themselves. That's one of my biggest puppies <laughs> is when like you're friends with someone or you're trying to create a relationship and you're doing all the work and like mm. yeah, and you're just like I'm just amazed at you have been through so many hurtful situations and you were just like. You keep shining. So I love that, that I'm crying. No, <laughs> it's hard to talk about those those oh, memories because no. it just like re- yeah, reopens yeah. the wound. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally. someone with friendships where 
And I'm trying more to be like I'd a two where you need that. I know. Like, I know. I'm like, I gotcha. We need wine. I know. Wine. I know. It's not too early. Um, but I, I need that, that moment where it's like that, like, like, and I was before doing this podcast, I was thinking what a perfect group because like Amanda and I have this amazing connection, but both of you two as well. Like Alana knows, I've told this story a million times before when I was at Lone Wolf, when I started blogging, I started reaching out to random people and some people brushed off who is funny because some of them have become friends with later on when I'm like somebody now, but like. Alana from day one when I emailed her was like a friend online who gave me advice and I was like I didn't know what I was doing I just knew I wanted to do something and and has been true like that level person who's just stayed consistently wonderful and building me up not one of those people tearing me down and everything so like that's been amazing and then with Vanessa on a trip recently you shared like so much like there was like that vulnerability moment and I was just like I know you on such a deeper level and vulnerability to me too I felt vice versa yeah yeah because I'm always such an open book and I am happy to be vulnerable and when someone else can be vulnerable with you it's just like that brings you to that vulnerable without trying to get something from it because there's some people who are drawing every ounce of the energy from your body yes there's those people and that's different and that's yeah and I think well Vanessa and Melissa were you guys were the first people who had interviewed me when I got back I was like fresh off the boat oh well these I remember Melissa telling me about you and she's like you gotta check out her YouTube channel and I was like she's amazing and we have to have her on and like it was just so beautiful how it worked yeah and I think so something that I find interesting is the friendships like we've all started talking about a little bit like within the business within the Mm -hmm. industry Mm -hmm. you know how social media has sort of affected friendships, like something that I'm seeing as a trend. Um, so for one, you know, as a personal regular person who doesn't have a presence online, you might have like 400 friends on Facebook, but how many of those are like, are you actually ever going to call them up and be like, do you want to grab coffee? Mm-hmm. Or you see the likes of a person who's got like 300,000 followers on Instagram, but then is so lonely and struggling and it's like it's this weird disconnect Mm -hmm. you know like is that something that you find that you struggle with like you know right now like okay you've got followers you've got this community do you still feel like uh, like lonely do you feel like there's like does that have any impact basically social media how has that impacted your friendships I think for me positively but I've watched it be negative for other people many others and I was actually just remembering I had a really negative experience with a neighbor about a year ago and and I had to kind of cut that situation off it was bad but um from that situation I really learned like I kind of see friendship and this includes with social media and like our industry friends is like there's my inner circle then there's a next ring of people Mm -hmm. and then there's like those outer ones and then I have like I literally have a list in my mind of people who I call my red flag people who scare me Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and those are some of those. I think you know, I need more of a list like that. Yeah, I and don't think in the past I've, year, and it's been yeah. very, it's been very healthy for me mm-hmm. to just be like, you can still be friendly with them, but I don't trust those people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a yucky feeling, you it, know, because you're but, like, are we friends? Aren't we friends? Like, I don't like that feeling at all. I like to know straight up, like. I have your back, you have mine. I don't say anything bad about you. Like, I respect you. I support you. I can't stand the gray area. Like, I can't. I, mm-hmm. I do not live in gray. I live in black and white. Yes, no, friends, not friends. Yeah. yeah. Not that we, not, mm-hmm. and if we're not friends, cool, whatever, I don't care. But, like, 
don't be mean. Don't say mean things that, you know, like be cool. Because there, (laughs) there are those different types of friends, right? You do have, like you were saying, your, your best friends, you know, the people you're just going to like divulge everything and there's no judgment. It's like this awesome highway of sharing and back and forth. And then you have like these peripheral friends that like, maybe it's like a mom at a school or someone you'll just work out with or have a coffee with. Um, and I feel like you do need a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. to feel like this balance to a certain degree, Mm -hmm. because there's only so much of you to give, you know, you're not going to be like, divulging everything all the time Mm -hmm. but like I do you know sometimes I I joke about how I meet women in the park all the time like when I'm with my kids or coffee shops and I'll just like pick them up I don't know I love chatting with people I do do. do. I know I'm a bit like that too I'm getting better both though it depends on my mood and my thankfully my husband is not an extrovert either he's a bit more than I am for sure because if he was an extrovert, it just wouldn't work. Because if he had wanted to go out all the time, we would, yeah, it just wouldn't work. Um, and our kids aren't either. I mean, we're we're just homebodies. My whole family is a, just one big home. But that's maybe that's why we drive each other crazy. Because we're always home <laughs> together. Um, so we're, oh, it's, yeah, I'm just that person. Like, even the bus stop. And I love my bus stop moms. If anybody is listening right now, I love you guys dearly. But there's, like... I'm just not that per- like small talk to me mm-hmm. is like I would rather pick off every single nail of yep. my hand than have to deal with like me too. small talk. That's how like, I am. Oh, I cannot handle that. I don't so like small much. talk either, but I can go deep fast. Like that's my thing. I can if some if someone will meet me in the middle, but like the small talk with the people at school and everything. I also because the industry friends, it's different because we have something to talk about. That's why I love my dog park people. We have, we can talk about dogs. That's why I need a Put dog. Me, my kids need a are dog. so annoyed with me because I'll be in a store and if I have to ask for help from someone, I'll actually leave the store and go somewhere else because I can, not all the time, oh, not that but on a rough day, yeah. if I've been indoors, to, like on my own, like we're talking about how you get in your head and I yeah. say yeah. I haven't been social very often, I, I literally will be like, I can't, I can't talk to like a random person yeah. and that's the same thing. That's why I love like our conferences and stuff we go to because mm-hmm. there's a common topic we can talk about. And it's I even not struggle that at conferences really, too, though. Yeah. Like I struggled this year at Mom too. Like I, I with conferences, my I have to turn my switch on, and I felt at Mom too, and I could never do it. You I said just, that. Yeah, You're I like I can't get, get it there. on, and I'm just I've literally like to walk into um, a conference that we're all going to Blistem that I love, and I'm so excited to go back to it. But the very first Blistem I went to, like for me to walk into a room where I know no one, is like my worst thing mm. in life like mm. again I would rather pull off every single nail but I do it because for work I have to do it and mm. I've made some amazing relationships so I'm so thankful that I did it but I literally I remember one blessed in the last one I went to where I knew every single person in the room and loved everybody but it just energy wise I just yeah, didn't kind of pick it up it was you. the, the yeah. night one of the night parties and I literally walked in looked around and was just like nope yeah. <laughs> yeah. I back up and went up to my room like well because you know what they're, the reality yeah. is, is there are shitty people and well, there are energy suckers. Yeah. energy suckers there's energy suckers energy suckers and I what was yeah. that the book The Celestine Prophecy have you ever read oh, that yes. it's oh my such gosh. And you could read it in so an afternoon yeah. oh my god ages yeah. ago that book changed the way yeah. my brain was I think yeah. my dad really noticed like that I gravitated I'm gonna say it towards some damaged women I think because my mom you know we have a very very difficult relationship and I always wanted to fix them and like Mm -hmm. and now you know Joanna was mentioning at the top of the episode like you're very you know this person is you know maybe not good for me and I'm gonna cut them out and I feel like that's something I'm learning now into my 30s like this person's not good Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. they do they fill me up do I fill them up? Mm-hmm. You know, I have a good friend. I picked her up at the park. Her name's Amanda. We both have Jax's sons. We're like, but 
you know, we'll get together and have a coffee and it's like the most easy flowing yes, friendship easy. and it's easy. fun and she doesn't give a shit what I do for yeah. work and I don't care what I, she does. Great. But talking about the business side of things, I was at an event recently and somebody said to her, I was talking, it's actually at your event, at your show, would oh. you imagine? So maybe if she's listening, she knows this is a direct oh, message, hi, but um, we were all standing together and you guys were off doing your thing. Um, this is Vanessa and Melissa doing their show. And uh, so we're talking and one of them's kind of in the industry. And so we were all chatting this and that, and I wasn't feeling very good. So I excused myself for a moment. And the girl looked at him, my friend Amanda and said, you're friends with her because of who she is, right? <gasps> I know. And my friend. I know. Oh, I'll tell you later. I'm going to smell the tea, but not right now. But, um, but I, I was, and, and my friend looks at her like, what? And she goes, no, like she didn't. She goes, first of all, we met in a park. And it's not like Amanda walks up to me handing me her business card. Right. Like, like yeah. we were chatting like moms do. And what she does is cool, but no, like. But I think someone who thinks like that behaves like that. Yeah. Exactly. That is not something you no. would normally think. No. Right? no. And that's the thing is that there. if you think it, you don't say it right. out loud. Right. <laughs> because there are some negative yeah. <laughs> people like in yeah. this space who yeah. are really like really, you know, hunting the numbers. They want all yeah. the followers. They want to use you instead of uplifting. Mm. They're ruining it for everybody else. Like I what can they get? I find myself lately backing off people who I find hold too much weight with the comments and the followers and like, you know, it's just. What do you mean? Like elaborate on that. Like, um, like in, in terms of like, they place a lot of. Be careful how I say No, this. I know. But like um, in terms of like, they really for, okay, find so, their self-worth. Yes, exactly. In that. And it's too, and, and I've actually had help like with my team more with that kind of handling that stuff so I can really focus on what I'm creating. And um, I don't know, there's been conversations sometimes where I actually felt grossed out after and stepped back for mm-hmm. a whole week and re-examined how I how I do things online and how much where I'm getting my self-worth from and mm-hmm. it's it can be scary it can be a scary place because I understand where those people are coming from I've I've kind of fallen into that trap before but sometimes I think especially because we are also in the industry if we surround ourselves with people who are holding that much weight with that it's toxic. Mm-hmm. Yes. I also yeah. think coming back to the comment you said about people who might have like 300,000 followers but are extremely lonely. Mm-hmm. I don't know about how you guys feel, but I imagine it's probably somewhat similar. But I feel like I'm the same person online as I am on my channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, you absolutely are. Because I if there's anything are, I can yeah, say sure. about myself is the second I meet a person, if they are different, I'm out. Me too. Yeah. I don't have time for that crap. Yeah. I don't have time for the inauthentic way to live your life mm-hmm. because yes. it's too strategic. It's mm-hmm. too gross. Like I, It actually grosses, that grosses yeah. me out. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, you got to be who you are, yeah. you know? And I think a lot of people hide behind it and try to make it look perfect in this way and that way. And like, that doesn't benefit anybody. I don't yeah. even know why do we you would waste your time mm-hmm. personally doing that but yeah. it's true yeah it's true yeah and there there are a lot of people who yeah place value and worth in the wrong things mm-hmm. and so I know in this episode I've talked a lot about difficult female friendships but I do have a lot of good ones that oh, bring yeah. me a lot of joy yeah, and I have sure. to say like when I met Joanna for the first time we really we obviously we were like carpool work wives kind of thing we even started a business like we did you know to put that much energy into another person who is doing something similar mm-hmm. and I think there's always going to be a part where you're like super pumped for someone and then maybe they do something that's bigger than you and you're like for a minute you're like oh kind of wish I had that too but then mm-hmm. you're like no 
that is awesome because yeah. she is a good person. Yeah. And I think there's so much to be said about uplifting everyone. Huge. What is that? There's that, I'm not even going to do it justice, but there's like a rising tide, blah, 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 like rises all ships. I had a yeah. moment, actually, I'm going to share with you, I had a moment like that yesterday. That really? You know, yeah. I, I, I had a full either. moment like that yesterday. <laughs> Last night I was, right before I went to bed on social media, I saw that another mom duo who I totally love, their their video was shared on a really big platform. And I was like, oh my gosh. That is so amazing. And like Melissa and I have been working for four years. That platform's never shared our video. Yeah. So I could have easily been like, what? Yeah. Like, why haven't they shared my, you know what I mean? Although I probably haven't submitted to them, but I, sh- anyway, but no, I was happy for them. And I wrote a comment to support them because that's how it should be. Yeah. You know? Oh, Absolutely. I have a story like that actually. Go for just it. just came to mind. So... Um, last nominations for Iris Awards came out and like Iris Awards. Iris Awards. So for those that don't know, this is a mom conference that happens once a year and then it's like an industry kind of like, Mm -hmm. let's nominate people, but it's been rather, it's like kind of incestual. Like it's been like, let's all nominate for the same 12 people. But yes, carry on. A whole bunch of my friends, including local friends were nominated for awards. Some in the categories that I would have gone for. Mm -hmm. And I had this moment when I saw it and I wasn't nominated and I was like, okay, breathe. And then I said, you have two ways to like handle this situation. Either you can mope around and be like really frustrated or disappointed or you can rise above it. And I spent like a good hour with like 20 people that I knew that were nominated and sent congratulative messages mm-hmm. of people all over the country, like Canada, U.S. I'm so excited for you. This is so awesome. And just doing that initially, as I started to do that process, I was like, had that little bit of like jealousy but then add the third comment in I was like super pumped for everyone and it was gone and I think that you need to be able like it's okay it's normal and it's human to feel it it's human to have moments of like but then to be like you You need to make that choice and I think that a lot of like that's why I think I like Rachel Hollis's stuff so much is because she that's her big thing is this is like you you have a choice of your happiness and you know like you I loved her post today I didn't see it yet but it's and true. It, it's like those are natural feelings to feel in any relationship. Yeah. It's the moment you ignore them yep. is when the relationship will suffer because yeah. it's like you can't think that a perfect friendship is not, is going to be emotion free. Like yeah. that's not no. anything of worth your time. Yeah. And you yeah. might have yeah. negative thoughts here yeah. and there and you might yeah. have moments of jealousy and you mm-hmm. got to deal with that. And you know, it's funny. A few people have said to me since Amanda launched her podcast. So when are you going to launch your podcast? And I'm like, you know. I don't know if I'm ever going to have one. I have an idea, maybe in a couple of years, but I'm happy right now. And I want her to shine. And we've talked about how that could be like an, another layer of expertise when we speak. And it's funny how people immediately are like, so when are you going to, you know, match that? And it's, it's interesting, like the competition aspect and everything. Mm-hmm. But I think it, you really, I, that's what my thirties have done for me. It's got me in this headspace where I'm like, I'm me, you're you and yes. we're good. You know, yeah. anytime yeah. I start feeling like someone else is trying to, Actually, I've had that before. It just dawned on me about like the the copying thing and stuff. And you just have to really make a conscious choice and everything about how you're going to conduct yourself. Yeah, it's 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 you're only in control of your own actions. Mm-hmm. So I and that's just always something that I value for myself is I don't care how anyone else. Act. I mean, I do obviously care about how other people act, but I'm only in control of how I respond to that action or how, you know, and. That's just, I've always been more of a giver than a taker mm-hmm. when it comes to work and, you know, going back to how we met and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I have given you it? But like, that's just how I think. Yeah. And I know when I'm a little, in a little bit of a different situation business wise than you guys are. Um, 
so I, I don't necessarily go through everything that you guys mm-hmm. do. Um, but I mean, still in my own industry, there's competition everywhere. And, um, but also you're managing other people and you're, Which you know, its own beast. Oh girl. Yeah. yeah. It's based on my personality. You've got a lot of. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And yeah, that definitely having that team that you have to manage and different personalities and that's its, its own thing. And, and I mean, coming back to the friendship thing, that's something that as a business owner that I don't know if you guys have experience or will experience, but it's hard to be the boss. And I'm saying that in air quotes, cause I still don't think of myself as the boss, but essentially I guess I am because you do make friends with those that are in your team. And I've had individuals leave the company and not in a bad way, just, you know, just not left and everything's amicable but then unfriend me on Facebook and it's like you know it's like it's hard and Mm -hmm. I'm just like so I'm saying to my husband like they unfriend me he's like you weren't their friend you were their boss I'm like but we were kind of friends (laughs) like you know so it's sometimes I always say it's I have someone that we all know that is a very mutual person that I very rarely speak to but when we do connect we're always on the same page because I feel like we go through similar things and I always take little tidbits of what she says to me and she goes through the same thing and she's like you can be friendly but you can't be friends with those that are on your team and I I have team members that I consider my friends if they're listening you guys know who you are um but it's hard like it is hard it is hard it's because it's a different layer and it's like I often have to think, okay, I'm their boss. I'm not, they don't maybe look at me as a friend, whereas I look at them as friends, but mm-hmm. they probably don't think of me as a friend. They think of me more as a boss. So, and sometimes we look to our friends to offer that therapeutic, not sometimes, a lot of the mm-hmm. time. Like if I'm having a low moment and I feel like I'm going to just close up shop, I'm often like, who should I call? I'm going to call yeah. Joanna. Okay, yeah. Joanna, <laughs> I'm about to quit it all. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm about to press delete. Should I stop? Yeah. <laughs> she's just like, um, are you PMSing? Yes. Um, it's always that time. Do not make me. decisions, oh, you yeah. know, during this 10 day period. Yeah. Um, and then you like talk you off the ledge, and that's a really good place. Yeah. But I do think that there's a point, you know, we've been touching on like toxic friendships and that where maybe someone is doing that too much and you're just mm-hmm. like this weird therapy session. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a little bit of like yeah. <laughs> manipulative. Yeah, you, you, there has to be a give and take. But if someone's like taking, 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 yeah. you have to be like, no, 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 no. Like this is not how it works too. And those are just and then you start to, yeah. like, you have to the questions like uh, conversations like, let me tell you about a good therapist I have because you this do. is real good. You, you have to just seek medical, medical attention. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like, and sometimes. Those Even are the like, red flag friends. That's yes. what I'm talking about. Those and to recognize it within yourself. Like right now I'm feeling like there's some stuff going on in my personal life that I'm like, I don't know that I need to burden the people that I care about with this because it's it's stuff from my past. It's mm-hmm. stuff, whatever. And I'm like, no, I need like a professional who's going to help me work through this and coach me through it. And you can surface talk mm-hmm. about those deep things with close friends, but it's not like you don't always need to dump on mm-hmm. your friends. Mm-hmm. I was reading something about how talking about women as they age. Um, and they were saying that female friendships might actually be the key to happiness in older women mm-hmm. and just how you nurture those friendships and actually might even help us live longer. Live longer. Yes. Mm-hmm. I read yeah. that. Yeah, about I living that. longer. If you, if yeah. you can, if it's a friend, you can ask to borrow money. There's like criteria for it. They know like your deepest, darkest secrets mm-hmm. that statistically you have a better chance of living longer. Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 It's like how it makes we... sense though, it's because it creates happiness, which yeah. creates euphoric mm-hmm. feelings, which is healthy within your body, right? And if yeah. you think too, like the way friendships and female friendships has evolved over time, like I was reading this article where it was saying, you know, in you know years ago when when marriages were more like this business transaction, there wasn't a lot of that emotional connection with your husband, mm-hmm. and so your female friends were the ones who filled that gap, who um, you know nurtured you, and they say like 
women go through life and we share so much with other women that we're often like, if you think about it visually, if you're a visual person, like you're face to face with a woman where men often stand like shoulder to shoulder. Now this is very like gender stereotyping, so it's not for everybody, but like even in restaurants, if you sit down, I wouldn't normally like just sit beside my friend. I want to look into your face and chat where men might just like, yeah, so yeah, you can just sit at a bar next to each other and drink. And be yeah, like, but bringing it back a little bit, and this yeah. is because we all have daughters that are, you know, around the same age. I really put stock into. We're talking. I know we're talking about female friendship. Mm-hmm. I really put stock into. I had a lot of great guy friends mm-hmm. growing up. Really good. One of my best friends was a was a guy, and I, I can honestly say there was no. You know, they always say guys boys can't be friends with girls because they want something like I can honestly say it was more of a brother or sister relationship Mm -hmm. there really wasn't anything romantic or sexual there um and I I my daughter is building a friendship with a a boy that lives on our street and me and his mom are friends and it's really it's very platonic I mean she's should be she's 10 years old (laughs) (laughs) it's good to see but it starts yeah Yeah. they do Um, yeah but I mean honestly like you know I know she has a little crush on someone and he has a little crush on someone and it's not each other and I think it's really important for girls to be friends with boys at a young age Mm -hmm. and in saying that the reason why I say that is because now obviously the the guy friends that I'm I was friends with I'm really no longer friends because now I have my husband and I do think that that would be kind of weird but um they really taught me how I should be treated as a woman because they were so close to me where they would, you know, if I was going out with someone that they didn't, I remember actually one of my very close guy friends at the time sitting me, to, sitting me down saying like, why are you going out with this guy? He's a loser. He treats you like shit. Like, what are you doing? And so I, I think we need to put stock on that mm-hmm. with our, and even our, mm-hmm. our boys, like I have a son. It's important that he's friends with girls yes. as well. My son has played with girls. Yeah, my son's yeah. best friend is so, a girl. And there's those two, and she's like the biggest gamer and they, she's, and it's, like you said, like just total yeah, brother sister type. Too. But I was the same thing. Like with my guy friends growing up, is they were it was really good for me, and yeah. it's brought out some different. I think that and having older brothers is like brought out this different side of me that maybe wouldn't be there if I didn't have all that male influence. But right. I think mm-hmm. it's been also healthy for my marriage because yes. I can really, I find I can kind of I can chill out and just kind of do the friendship thing too, mm-hmm. not just the romance thing. And yeah. I think for me too, like my husband entered into a relationship with female friends who are also now married Mm -hmm. and like we're all friends. Mm -hmm. And so he totally had female friends. I've had guy friends, but I couldn't end up dating no, them all. Yeah, I was going to say, I... So they didn't always stay I'm not... I have a hard time with that line. Yeah, I I'm always like, I mm. as an adult, I wouldn't have guy friends. Why like, am I, I not I surprised have... by this, Vanessa? The two of us. I've had, like, I've had, like, work guy friendships, like, when I was a yeah. designer, but I would never really hang out with them outside of work. No, And um, I think the same thing with my husband. I think, I, I'm like you, Elena, I think, and you guys, like, I think it's it's a fine line when you're married and yeah. you know I think they have different. to be married and you're mutual yeah. friends and you gotta yeah. all have to hang out together yeah. like you hang out with another couple yeah. like yeah. my husband if he was like I'm going to hang out with this other woman I'd be like I eh, know you're not I yeah. feel like oh, that's yeah. like a whole <laughs> other podcast yeah, yeah. yeah that's another one I, I don't know that I'd be comfortable if my husband had a BFF a BFF that was, was a girl. girl no, no I, I wouldn't completely either completely trust my husband 100% me too, yeah. me too but, but no. I just want, and I, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that and he probably no. wouldn't either, either. No. no me neither no. I'd be like no you're my BFF but I do think no. at a younger age I think it's important yes. to nurture yes. those relationships too because I feel like they taught me a lot of how I should be treated as a woman because of how they treated me or told me I should mm-hmm. be treated yeah. yes that's important you know True. well especially yeah. like and this might be, this is something that probably none of us can really comment on because we all have siblings and we all have like 
multiple children. But, you know, that dynamic of like, if you didn't have a brother or a sister at Mm -hmm. home and you don't really know how to like interact with the opposite gender, Mm -hmm. like those friendships are essential. 100%. Like, yeah, I didn't have brothers. So that was my. Right. There, see, and that, see, I had a brother. So we're like, we were good. But I didn't have like a sister for a long time. So to have that, like, build that female kind of dynamic, that was more what I sought out when I was Mm -hmm. out. Because I was playing with my brother all day. Like, I was good. So I wanted the girl to play house with and play Barbies and all those things, you know? Um, You know, one of the, I was reading this quote and it was, they were talking about whether female friendships are trendy. And I was like, that's weird. Yeah. I was like, um, they're like (laughs) trying to basically monetize. There's been a couple books released about like the F word and like female friends and trying to nurture that. But, um, do you guys follow like busy Phillips? Yes, I do. I do. I like freaking love busy Phillips. Um, but Michelle Williams and busy Phillips were saying that friendship love is real and they wish it upon everyone everywhere. Oh yeah. It's totally real. It's so real. Totally. It's like, if I don't get, an, an opportunity to like plug into my friends mm-hmm. I'm just like I need that I yeah, need crazy I don't get to converse with my spouse like I do mm-hmm. with my girlfriends mm-hmm. it's like this yeah. different even connection. just that one quick text randomly like I sent you on the weekend with yeah. that yeah. short little vent like just just gotta say this just gotta get off yeah. my chest yeah. about yeah. this one thing and then I'm good and just someone acknowledge I understand or I feel that yeah. too and yeah. you're like okay and now I can let that go yeah, yeah. and it's just it's an important dynamic mm-hmm. really is. absolutely and, and going to friendship love I don't know if you guys feel like this but with my like the, the women that I grew up with as children with that deep love like I automatically love their kids yeah oh yeah like, I oh, yes. like even if one of their kids is being the biggest turd yeah <laughs> which it happens often they all are sometimes <laughs> like I love them yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah like I find with my best friends all literally pick up their kids and cuddle with yeah. them on the couch and same with Mike too he'll actually yeah. cuddle with their kids and it's just totally different it's totally different. yeah and I often find I'll say like I do fall in love with my friends because I'll meet a person a woman in a restaurant or whatever and I'm like we're gonna be friends and like let's exchange numbers and then as I get to know them I'm like is she not like the most beautiful woman you've ever seen mm-hmm. and I, I find people get more beautiful as I know them yeah. like you can find beauty in anybody anybody oh, yeah. like yeah. when you know them and you know their insides out right yeah. um um, and I and I know we've been chatting for a while, but I did want to just touch on a little bit of like the technology aspect of how we maintain friendships. Mm-hmm. Like one of my best friends that I met in Malaysia, we both had our boys at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like she lives in the UK. And it's like, how do you how do you nurture those friendships? Like, do you have friends that live far or is everyone pretty close? I have a friend. Oh, sorry. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm surprised that's the first time this happened. Yeah. You so I have a group of friends. We met on uh, Baby Center, actually, because all of our mm. oldest are the same age. Oh, sorry. Uh, Ooh. So we met on Baby, and we then, this is the group of seven of us, and we then moved to, now we have a Facebook group. And so we're Canada and the U.S., so we're all, but they're like my, I probably tell them more, and maybe it's because I can type it out. Oh. I find sometimes when you can write things down, you kind of talk more than maybe mm. over the phone or in person. Um, like for instance, I went through, uh, you know, infertility and stuff and they were there for me probably more than anybody in, I, I don't want to say in real life cause they are my real life friends, but because they're like my, I call them my cyber friends, but they're like my best friends. Like we've been friends now for over, you know, our oldest are going to be 11. Um, and we've gone through divorce together and parents getting sick and kids being, you know, assholes and <laughs> you know, all that stuff together and going through different, like now our daughters are going through you know I shouldn't say this because maybe they're listening but you know getting their Mm -hmm. womanly things yeah Um, so we're all like okay so what did you do and what you know what do we do when this happens so it's like they're and yeah it's like all online and that's so we've only actually ever met each other in person once in 11 years but they're like 
I would They're your tell people. them yeah. anything, yeah. and I know they would tell me anything. That's the beauty of social media, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. One, but, of, one of my top three friends, one of those friends that I grew up with and my best friend, she moved from our town to two hours away about three or four years ago. And I find Insta stories helpful. So we yeah. can kind of see what each other is doing, and then we'll message each other. And that just kind of keeps us on top of, like, what life's – what's just going on. I love Insta stories. That's mm-hmm. my go-to. But the DMs there and everything – and then yeah and then we make a point now to like go and yeah. visit each other for a whole day with the family and everything yeah. but and we think it's yeah. it's also just like appreciating how you know technology facebook messenger all these things how it will shape and change mm-hmm. the relationship but i also you know as much as um you know it might change it where you think the friendship is like yeah I've, like you said I haven't seen these people in 10 years. Like, I've met them I've once. I've met them once in person. Right. Yeah. And so it can kind of trick you into thinking that, like, oh, yeah, I've seen this person. I know what, everything that's going on. But then also, it sort of bridges this gap of, like, mm-hmm. you don't need to be neighbors. You don't need yeah. to, like, you know, because if you think, sometimes I, I think about, like. I do my neighbors. Well, and you know what? <laughs> Isn't it a blessing? Can you imagine, just for a moment, like, living in a time where your people were basically who lived in your neighborhood Yes, that was yeah. community. That yeah. was it. Mm-hmm. You did not get to pick. I don't think I would I don't think I would have loved that though. That was that my childhood really though. That was yeah. why I had right. guy friends because they were who were there. They yeah. Yeah. we yeah. all rode our yeah. bikes and it's played true. outside it's and true. played hide and, and seek mm-hmm. until it was like really dark out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we go home. So it's so interesting, like Google Hangouts, like no. my daughter has now with her friends. No, or Fortnite, like my son and all his friends. Fortnite. That's how they Talk. Yeah. Oh my wow. god! Yeah, it's or yeah, at least no one's like, like you know, basically taking over the phone line. It'd be like on that phone, and my then somebody FaceTime. Like, my they daughter FaceTime. FaceTimes with her, her friends, friends. and they'll yep, sit on the there iPads. for hours talking about. I'm like, what'd you guys talk about? She's like, nothing. I know. And like they for an hour, really you talk. sat in your bed. But that's what we did as kids. That's what we like, did. We sit on the phone. Whatever. I'm like, what are you doing? But it's so cute. It I'm like, so communicate. Go away. Like, that's amazing. I, I like it, though, even the friends that live close, so you can send a quick text. And I don't know if you guys are the same, but if you cold call me, I will like, like, does anyone actually oh. phone you now? Like, more texting. Texting. Yeah. I texting. have a friend who will randomly Unless call I'm... me sometimes, and I'm like, but, like, What's happening? What does she think I'm doing? I just, which is horrible to say, yeah. but it's how times have changed. Oh, I yeah. would say, like, like, the four girls who I'm super tight with, we call each other, one of my friends, every day. Yes. For, like, a good 20 friends. minutes, yeah. too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, if, but we're the kind of call where if something happens within 30 seconds, I'm like, gotta go call you back. Like, it's yeah. very, yeah. there's, the manners are kind of, and if you don't call back, it's, not it's a big fine. Deal. But yeah, it's I like, couldn't, I couldn't talk on the phone that much. That's where my introvert side says, I'm too tired. That's like too much energy to sit on the phone. But then I, you could go for lunch with me and I'll be there for three hours talking yeah right. but then when i find driving i catch up on a lot of my girlfriend calls i call mm. everybody while i'm driving or if i'm cooking Smart. If I'm like preparing a meal that's when i pick up the phone see then, my kids interrupt like, too much it's like they know i'm on the phone it's like a heat-seeking melt- missile all the meltdowns happen so i've stopped trying to that do it. even my parents respect older. it my yeah i yeah. feel like it will it, I'll will, come, it will come back cold calling is hard yes um I have to say, though, I'm a very spontaneous person, and I really find when I find people that I, like, if we're going to be friends, you got to be able to make plans in the yeah. next two hours sometimes. Like, yeah. I want to go for coffee, like, right now. I agree. Like, I'm, I think I've done that to her. I'm going to be driving through Milton in an hour. Are you come, around? Come and you're like, come. Yeah. Now, I don't, see, I don't always not. expect. So, like that, I couldn't do that. I love you to death. But, I'd be like, <laughs> but see, I wouldn't. I need preparation. <laughs> 
Yeah. But, but you know, mentally, but it's yeah, the close, yeah, it's yeah, the closest yeah. friends. Because if my house looks like a bomb went off, I don't care if Amanda sees oh, it. Oh yeah, no, that's no, a close okay. friend. You open yeah, the door yeah. with your like hair in a top knot. Like, actually like, leave my home. I'm like, yeah. no, no, no. I yeah. need time. You know, you've hit that next that. level of friendship when you can share a hotel room with them and talk about bowel movements. That's yes. like my rule. I yeah. always say that if you can talk, like I have to go to the bathroom. Yes. I'll be in the room for like 20 minutes. I'll be right back. Yeah, that is the that is like a lot of people. I don't know what that says about me. But yeah, it's kind of amazing though how, you know, coming back to that initial thing that I read about like, you know, your friends are going to, what is it? You want somebody to talk to, somebody to depend on and somebody to enjoy your time with. And it's like, if you can fill those voids, like even just how enjoyable this conversation is. We've talked about, we've talked about some pain. We've talked about some joys. We've talked about like, even just what we like about each other. Like to me, that is the beauty of friendship when you can uplift other women and support them. But also if you notice a toxic person that you're just like, that is not good for me and therefore I'm not good for you. And we're just going to not do this and be okay with it um and even if like have you ever rekindled something yes with like I read something and tell me if you agree with this this um this kind of thought so Carol Topolowski who's a psychologist and author she goes having an old friend from childhood so all of you have this um there's something that's very the safety of the familiar is very compelling because this person holds a significant part of your history in this relationship right and that if you were to lose that friend there is a mourning that some people just don't want to experience because it's also like your history Mm -hmm. that is coming to an end yeah have you ever tried to rekindle where it just didn't really work out like not where it didn't like I like I've had a couple falling outs with my good good friends but never for too long and never the only one no I've never rekindled I'm very much like a relationship when I'm over it's done or when it's like that's when I haven't had to rekindle like 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 I said the friends that I keep are like if I keep you as a friend you like and we've had falling outs too but nothing yeah, I've never had to. I've I had never a, been in that situation where I've yeah. had to. I had a massive thankfully. falling out with one of my best friends. Like oh. screaming, involved the husbands. Like it, we just let it all out, and it just came to a head. Like we were, it's just I think our, we were at a point in our lives where our paths were kind of like separating, and we couldn't agree with where we were going. And we had a massive falling out, massive, and we rekindled after about a year and a half. And best of friends again. But oh, it's that's like we amazing. That time. And it's never, space, yeah. it's never been an issue that falling out. It's almost like it cleared the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find I tried to rekindle with a friend from college because I moved back to Ontario after many, many years away and we got together and it was, it was nice. Like it was a sweet little, like you pulled out a photo book and you were like, that was so fun. Mm-hmm. And that girl was so like, that night was awesome. And I had this great moment, but there was also an, an, an awareness that like, that friendship held a time and place and it is no longer that time. And we are not in a similar stage of life. Like Alana, you mentioned that friend where she didn't have kids and you did. And I, and you know, I'm, that's the, that's the, I had friends, excuse me, I had babies before a lot of my friends. And so Mm -hmm. there's that separation, Mm -hmm. but also I think I'm a very like forward thinking person. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not that person mm-hmm. that I was when you knew me 15 years ago. And I have no intention to go back there. And I think about different things. And I don't want to sit here and always talk about the past. I want to like talk about the future and like mm-hmm. be, I don't know, very idea driven. And so I find sometimes I'm like, I, re- I value it. I respect it. But it's, I'm going to close and, that and chapter. I, for either rekindling or trying out a new friendship for me, the biggest killer for me is if I find you're there's too much of me giving say you're a quiet person or you don't ask anything about me um or you're kind of bored with the friendship like there's just not that or they always have a drama 
Oh, yeah, yeah, those yeah, budgets yeah. where it's like every week something crazy and you're like and there was a victim happened to one person it, yeah. someone could have always drama but if yeah. they're always the yeah. victim yeah. it's I can't I was gonna no. say going back to friendships too like I have I don't know I guess I have like a good dozen friends females who I've worked with like in my career who live in Toronto who I'm friends with on Facebook and at certain pockets of times in my life we were really close because of work like we traveled like went to the Cannes Film Festival and like did crazy things together and then I got married and had kids and moved out of the city but like if they were to call me and say oh I'm in town do you want to go for coffee I'd be like 100% Mm -hmm. and we'd have the best time and Mm -hmm. it'd be great and I wouldn't say they ended or I had to rekindle them they just just pick it was a time and a place right and those are great friendships too because on my birthday this year one of my friends who I worked in ad sales with for like five years sent me the sweetest birthday message ever saying like I want you to know I watch all the stuff you're doing and like I'm so proud of you and like let's get together next time you're in Toronto and like she's the kind of person who I would say the same as her so proud of her and like such a lovely human and that's so nice mm. when you have those moments again of re it's yes. not even reigniting because it's still there it's just not happening in the moment you yeah. know exactly because yeah. it's like it's just either proximity is too hard yeah. or you're yeah. just in such different phases. But yeah, it's not like there's any bad there's blood. There's nothing bad. Like, like I've up, references left up. to people, yeah. like vice yeah. versa. I'd, I'd talk them, you know, I'd talk so well about them. It's just a different time and place in your oh, life. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like if they cold called me, I'd be stressed, but then I would yeah. sit down and I would just yeah. be like, let's talk for 20 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. This is awesome. You know, like yeah. exactly. And I think yeah. I think it's, it's so important to have all those different dynamics. And I yeah. think that's what makes it fun and gives you those stories. Um, and I have enjoyed all of these stories yeah. and we have chatted closer. chatted I know we just need like a big little hug you know going on in the middle um but I thank all of you for being here and this was really exciting to to record and I hope um for those of you listening that you enjoyed this and you could tell who was who because we all have very different voices or you can watch the video because this is coming out on Thursday um and then I think either tomorrow Friday or next week I'm going to be putting the video out so you can find it on my channel links are going to be in the show notes um but thanks guys thank you thanks for having us this was so fun and uh until next time guys be sure to follow along the sandwich wherever you listen to podcasts and I'll catch you in the next one